if what we had to say to someone was very important, we would want their undivided attention. So also the Father does not speak to us until we slow down, until we tune out the static in our world and, and give him our attention. So to walk in true discernment, our hearts must be quiet before the Father. We must learn how to listen. It's not an easy thing to do. But we must learn how to listen. So today, a part of the discernment series in which I'm teaching today, we will be talking about eliminating false discernment and deception. Eliminating false discernment and deception. We good? Amen. So we're going to go through probably just five things and uh, we're going to pretty much go through the ingredients that we need in order to stay out of false discernment and stay out of deception. So the first thing I want you to know is that The first thing that we need to do is to cease striving and know. That's the very first thing we have to do. Cease striving and know. We talked about what general discernment is and what the gift of discerning of spirits were. We said that those two things were, even though they overlapped, they were not the same thing. And I told everybody that all believers have the ability to discern, especially if you have the seed of Christ in you. So we're going to go over in a little bit more in depth what general discernment is and then what the gift of discerning of spirits is. General discernment is developed through experience. It's developed through discipline. It's developed through spending time in the presence of God. It's developed through your study time, your word time, and while you're moving through the promptings of the Holy Spirit as he continues to give you prompts to move in the spirit, to do this, to do that, to say this, to say that. It's also exercised through exercising your faith. Discernment is also increased when you just sit you're being still and you just observe without saying a word. Just observe your environment, observe people. It's also exercised through learning from others, particularly those that are more mature spiritually than ourselves. We can glean and learn from them when it comes to discernment as well. So essentially, discernment is a wisdom issue. Discernment will always be a wisdom issue. It means having a place of perception in our lives that is gained through meditating on the word, studying the word, and the experience that enables us to give wise counsel to others. 
That's how wisdom and discernment and wise counsel, all of them are interconnected and related to one another. While the gift of discerning of spirits is a spiritual gift that is imparted, not everyone has the gift of discerning of spirits. The gift of discerning of spirits is a gift that is imparted and given by the Holy Spirit. It is the God-given ability or the enablement to recognize the identity and very often the personality and the condition of the spirit that is behind the manifestation or the activities of something that is happening. So you have pretty much prophetic insight on something that has been given to you. Now, the gift of discerning of spirit, it is a grace gift to see in the unseen. Its purpose is to see into the nature of that which is veiled or something that is hidden. But when it comes to the gift of discerning of spirits, and we also talked about this is also for discernment as well, the first veil, meaning that if discernment allows you to see past the veil, past the person, the first veil that has to be removed is the, actually the veil on our own hearts first. This is the basic bottom line of the line drawn between the two terms. One is one that is unseen, is detected but it's hard to operate in and actually detect what's happening with a person, with an atmosphere. There's a whole lot of gray area when we say um, we, we're we just believers with discernment. We see partially with discernment. But when we have the gift of discerning of spirits, we see clearly not because of what we've done, <laughs> But it's because the spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is like I say, it's a grace gift. It opens up what you cannot see so that you can see more clearly. Amen. Amen. So sometimes when dealing with the spirit realm, um, like I said, we, we find it difficult in order to um, know what God is doing. A lot of times, especially with new believers, it's hard to figure out, okay, is that my mind? Is this my thoughts? Is that God's thoughts? Is God, you know, pointing me in that direction? Is he giving me instructions for that? But when you have the gift, you already know. So the gift of uh, discerning of spirits is different because it, it, it goes beyond our natural learning abilities. It is a supernatural gift from the Father. We, we can't do anything to earn it. There's no amount of human insight or learning that will enable us to discern between spirits. You can't go to a Bible college to do it. You, no matter how much you read on books and, and different things, there's not enough amount of knowledge in books that can actually give you the gift. Remember what I said, it is given by the spirit. The spirit reveals and on top of that, not only the spirit reveals, the spirit chooses who to give the gift to. That even though we can, like the Bible says, desire all the gift, this, the spirit still chooses who to give the gift to. Now, there are four 
classes of spirits that the gift of discerning of spirits that you're able to discern in. There's four classes of spirits when you actually have the gift of discerning the spirits. And those four classes of spirits are, the first one is the Holy Spirit. And this is seen, uh, you can take a picture of it because there's a lot of, um, I gave you a lot of scriptures to go back and study from. You, this is seen when um, a lot of the believers were, whether it was the uh, Jesus, they told them to go back to Samaria and wait for the Holy Spirit to receive the Holy Spirit, or when it was all in one place and one gathering and they received the Holy Spirit. So the first class of spirit is that you discern when it's the Holy Spirit. Now, to break this down and to further kind of give you an example of this as well is um, if anybody has ever helped somebody receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they were speaking in other tongues, before the person even receives it, you can actually feel the Spirit there waiting for the person to receive it. So you can actually discern when the Holy Spirit is there, when he's in the place. The second one is, and I had to put down there, good angels, because we know that demons are bad ones and they're demonic ones. So good angels. We've seen this when angels warned Lot to leave the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. We see this when Daniel visit, was visited by an angel. When angels released Peter from captivity in the prison. When angels came to John in the prison. And then when angels came to Mary and Joseph in a dream. All of these, they discern that this was an angel that did these things. The third one is discerning, discerning demons or evil spirits. Now, this was all throughout Jesus' ministry. He discerned a deaf and a, and a dumb spirit. He discerned the spirits of infirmities. He discerned um, unclean spirits. He discerned that legions was in another person. So he was always discerning, likewise ourselves as well, discerning evil spirits when they are present. The last class of spirit is actually the human spirit. And this is where we get into our thoughts. This is where we get into our motives. This is where we get into our perceptions. You can discern the human spirit. And this came from when um, some examples is then when Jesus, it was always amongst the Sadducees and Pharisees and disputing um, the word. And, and Jesus would, for instance, tell them, you know, why are you, you perceiving this in your heart? Why are you reasoning in your mind? He was perceiving their spirits, their human spirits. So those are the four classes of spirits in which you discern when you have the gift of discerning of spirits. Now let's go through the ingredients. I'm going to take you through some ingredients to remember what I said in the last lesson. We're not interested in just being accurate with our discernment, okay? Mediums are accurate too. Psychics, they're accurate too. We're not just interested in being accurate. We're interested in being adequate, having the fullness of it. And in order to have the fullness of it, there's some ingredients that we need with this give. And that's why the spirit decides who to get it, because if it falls into the hands or the hearts of the wrong person, it could really tear up a church. 
So the very first ingredient for the gift of discerning of spirits is that your, our personal human nature must be purged. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Besides speaking through the scriptures themselves, the Holy Spirit, we know, speaks through dreams, speaks through visions, speaks through prophetic words. But much of what is revealed will come through our capacity to actually perceive what the Spirit is actually given to us once it opens up. So the scriptures tell us that Jesus, what, perceived the thoughts of men. In what? In his spirit. Let's go to Mark 2 and 8, and we're going to read Luke 5 and 22 as well. Verse 8 says, And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they, were, that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye things in your heart? Luke 5, 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered, said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? So Jesus asked them a question. Why are you reasoning in your hearts? What was he really asking them? He was asking and opening up a truth about their perception or the discernment in which they were doing and how off it really was. Basically, he asked them, why are you using a human thought process? Because reasoning is problem solving with your conscious mind, which is a human thought process. So he said, why are you using a human thought process? And then on top of that, you're partnering your human thought process with your heart. And I already told you that your heart is deceptive. Jeremiah 17 and 9 said that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So truth comes from wisdom. Truth comes from the spirit. Truth comes from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come from us. He uses us to bring truth forward in communication, but we are not the source of truth. We are vessels. 1 Corinthians 2 and 10 says, but it was to us that God revealed these things, how? By his spirit. For his spirit, not ours, his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. So also with us, if we are to move in divine discernment, our view of life must be purged of human thoughts human reasoning, and even human reactions. Number two, to discern you cannot judge initially. To discern you cannot judge initially. Now this is how to walk in adequate discernment. These are the ingredients to walk in adequate discernment. So number two, to discern, you cannot judge initially. So the beginning of true discernment will not come until we intentionally, it has to be on purpose. Because the mind always go to natural things first. So it has to be on purpose. We have to intentionally crucify our instinct to judge people immediately. Now, the process of this is, is it's not an easy process. This may take 
years to do. This might take months to do. Because what you have to do, you literally have to uproot all your thought processing system that are not planted in the divine soil of love and in the divine soil of faith for people. And until you literally sit the gift on the right foundation, with it, which basically is love, then you have to know that you're not walking in discernment adequately. 1 Corinthians 2 and 16 says, For who have known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It tells us that we have the mind of Christ. So to take possession of the mind of Christ that 1 Corinthians 2 and 16 says, is talking about that we must first, we, we talk about having the mind of Christ, but how in the world can we have the mind of Christ when we don't have the heart of Christ? They're connected. You can't have the mind without the heart, and you can't have the heart without the mind. There is no mind of Christ without the heart of Christ. And the heart of Christ is summed up in his own words in John 12 and 47, and it says, If any man hears my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, remember in the last lesson, I said that we're able to judge with righteous judgment, but that righteous judgment comes to us being purged first by him. So we are able to judge, but it's a righteous judgment in which we judge. And so he said that he didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. So Jesus places a demand on us to understand our own need for his mercy first. We needed mercy did we not? We needed grace, did we not? So guess what? Out of that same grace he gave us, out of that same mercy that was afforded to us, out of that same compassion and that same uh, uh, love and kindness and gentleness and goodness that he gave us and filled us up with, guess what? We pour it back out into other people when we discern. That's when we begin to actually use all the stuff that he poured into us. And we do what? We use it. We take it through the lens of discernment and we pour it back into other people. So in this process, we will discover that just being deprived in the selfishness of our own carnal nature, we will know thoroughly that the gift of discernment is not a part of the faculty of our minds. It is not an intellectual gift. Most people believe that it is, but it is not. It is a gift of grace. It is a gift in which you see through the eyes of the Father, the heart of the Father. You do not see through your mind or your intellect. Now, we are called to navigate the narrow paths of the human need. And the only way to navigate the path of the human need is to do what? Know what the spirit is saying. Knowing how to minister to a person where we do have the gift of discernment of spirits. Now for the foundation to not judge what we see with our naked eyes is that the thing about it is that we cannot react to people first. Yeah, they're going to come in here crazy. Some people will come in here out of their mind. They're going to come in here broken. They're going to be coming in here hurt. And so the thing about discernment is that you cannot react to how people are reacting towards you. You can't react 
um, the way in which he's talking about a carnal mind reacting to you. And like the Bible says, you're supposed to be spiritual. How are you meeting someone that's coming in here brand new? You meeting them head to head with a carnal mind and you're supposed to be spiritual. It says you that are spiritual. Do what? Restore. Now, this is how you keep the spirit basically of offense off of you. If you want to know how to keep the spirit of it, and, and, and I'm telling you, the spirit of offense runs rampant in probably every church. You can get offended about everything and anything. But this is literally how to keep the spirit of offense off of you. Because when someone says or does something that you, you know, uh, basically don't like, what you have to do, you have to take a step back and ask yourself first, is it me? Is it me? We always thinking about what that person said. We're always looking at what that person did. But we never say when it, when it happens right then and there, Father, is it me? Do I have something that I still need to work on? Are you using this person to show me what's in my own heart? Are you using this person to show me, actually, I'm really not as mature as I think I am? How can there be an offense when you constantly have the light shining on your own heart? How can you be offended? You must always remain forgiven in nature. For this was the reason that Jesus said, Matthew 12 and 32, whoever shall speak a word against the son of man, he said, it shall be forgiven him. We always keep that arsenal with us, forgiveness. We are not just called into Christ's abundant life and his blessings. We are called into his mission too. Jesus said in John 17 and 18, as thy didst send me into the world, I also have sent them. We are called to die so that others may live. Therefore, we must realize that before our perception develops, our love must develop until our normal attitude is one of forgiveness always. If the Father is going to show us the hearts of men and women in discernment, and use us to release them from captivity and bondage and oppression, then we cannot react to what they do or what they say. So as our perception becomes more like Christ himself and men's hearts and women's hearts are revealed to us, we can't react to what they think because if we do not walk in divine forgiveness, we will walk in much deception and we have to know that. Then what will happen is that we will think we have discernment when in truth we don't have discernment. We're actually looking through the lens of a critical spirit. We're criticizing people. We're criticizing their faults. We're criticizing their failures. But what about if nobody showed them how to love? What about if nobody showed them how to forgive? What about if nobody showed them how to do relationships, how to communicate, how to have compassion, how to share? So in other words, if we do not move in love, we will become a menace to the body of Christ. And we don't want to become a menace to the body of Christ because you already know how Abba feels about that. He's going to deal with us personally. 
Abba takes his, his children seriously. Number three, the third ingredient to discerning is that what I mentioned in the beginning is that we have to cease from striving and we have to know. The Father wants us to learn how to listen and wait upon him. We read in Psalms 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God. We cannot engage in spiritual warfare without first being conscious of the Father and through him be discerning of the enemy. All true discernment comes through a heart that has ceased striving. A heart that knows, even in the fiery trial of the personal struggle, that he is Father. There is what I call, I guess you can call it a jamming station that inhibits our power of discernment. It stops our ability to actually see and it's our thoughts and our reactions that actually block us from hearing the Father. So until the motor of the carnal mind is turned off, true discernment will not consistently be ours. We must die to our personal judgments, our ideas of retaliating against people, die to our self-motivating factors, our selfishness. Jesus said in John 5 and 30, I can do nothing of my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. He said, I cannot do nothing on my own initiative. <laughs> you know what he was saying? I don't act on my own impulses. I don't lead myself. I don't take charge and, and think on my own accordance on how I think things should be going. I don't react to when others say things to me and, and act out of retaliation, but I speak the truth in love. I don't act on my own initiative. I do what the Father say to do. I hear and do what the Father tell me to say. I have ceased from striving, from doing my own thing. We must also learn to listen to the voice of the Spirit. And as we stop striving, we begin to discern. Number four. The fourth ingredient to discerning is abounding love brings discernment with it. Abounding love brings discernment with it. Philippians 1 and 9, and it says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all what? Discernment. I had one person. That was terrible. I said, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge in all what? Discernment. 
Amen. So discernment comes from abounding love. Abounding love. That's not just regular love. What is abounding love? Love that leaps out towards others. It's the type of love that's been poured into you and you pour it out to other people. It's an immeasurable love. Then when you feel like you don't even have none left, it just keeps giving more and more and more. It empties itself out and asks Abba to fill me up more with your love so that I can pour out more love. It's an abounding love. It goes past the natural man and it looks at the spiritual man. This an abounding love. It labors with people until Christ is formed in them. It doesn't see the surface of a person, but it sees Abba's sons and daughters. It sees the broken. It sees the oppressed. It sees those that are held captive. It's an abounding love, a love that remains. It is motivated by a long-term commitment. It is an anointing of sacrificial charity. There is false discernment that is based on mistrust. Because a lot of people believe they discern when they mistrust people because they feel the spirit that's on people. A false discernment that's suspicious about people because they sense the spirit of lying on you. A, t a false discernment that's rooted in fear when they sense that you may be struggling with something that they don't want to be around you. That's false discernment. So you can recognize false discernment by the coldness that comes with it. False discernment may be packaged in a type of love, but it does not originate in love. It comes out of criticism. True discernment is rooted deeply in love. It's a sacrificial love, one that abounds. It exists in large amounts and measures. It's abundant. It's an inexhaustible type of love. It's a generous type of love. It's a love that just lavishes on people when they're hurt and they're broken. It's a love that thrives, and it's a type of love that is boundless, that has no bottom to it. Now we're going to look at a um, prophetic illustration, um, the first picture that I have here of this young man. Now, picture, if you will, with me, this young black man right here. As you can see, his clothes are unkept. He may have some tattoos on his arms or anywhere he may not. not. And he's lonely here on the street. Now, it's, it's easy to judge such a person after the obvious and the superficial things that we see right here. Now, if we look at this young man from the same setting, right? But now I want you to switch your eyesight to you are his mother. You are his father. 
Does he seem less threatening when you're his mom, when you're his dad? You now see a little boy growing up without a father, a child rejected by his friends. You have a commitment as a son or a daughter of God that runs deep towards this young man. It is sustained by a love that you carry throughout his life from the pain of childbirth. If you are his mom and you are his, his father, there's a pain that's inside of you for this young man from childbirth to suffering with him in his adolescence to his adulthood. So give me the second picture. So inside of the birthing room with people all around, those with false discernment see the outside of the person or the situation and they pretend to know what people have went through, but they don't. Their discernment is false because they are not committed to the process of labor, birth, and maturity. Godly discernment comes from godly motives. Godly motives are rooted in a commitment and a committed love for the church. If we are the bride of Christ, wouldn't we have a love for people? We are his instruments. We are his surgeons. We are his nurses. We are his helps to bring forth the brand new in a person. If he's not going to use us, then how would a person get free? If we, we not going to perform surgery on their hearts and their minds to give them a brand new life and to help them through the process, who else is going to do it? John 7 and 24 says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Righteous judgment is the direct result of love. If you cannot pray in love for a person or the church, do not presume that you have true discernment. Love precedes peace and peace precedes perception. Without love, your judgment will always be overly harsh when it comes to people. Regardless of the smile on your face, your heart will not match your disposition. False discernment is always slow to hear and quick to speak and quick to anger. So that brings us to number five, which is our last one is that in order to have true discernment, and it's probably one that we don't even think about majority of the time, is that peace must rule our hearts. Peace must rule your heart in order to walk in true discernment. There is a tension underlying false discernment and anxiety that pressures the mind to make a judgment. True discernment emerges out of the tranquil and a pure heart. One that is almost surprised by the wisdom and the grace in the voice of the Father. Remember, our thoughts will always be colored by the attitudes of our hearts. 
our thoughts will always be colored by the attitudes of our hearts. I'm going to read you um, a couple of scriptures kind of back to back so you can get an idea of kind of what I'm talking about here. Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 34, out of the abundance of the what? The mouth speaks. Jesus also said in Mark 7 and 21, out of the heart of men proceed the evil what? Again, he said in Matthew 5 and 8, the pure in what? Shall see God. Proverbs 4, 23 says, from the heart, the mouth speaks, the eye see, and the mind thinks. And in Proverbs 4 and 23 tells us that out of it, the heart are the issues of life. So our perception of life is based upon the condition of our what? Our hearts. This is important because all gifts of the spirit must pass through what? The heart. the heart. Before they are presented to the world around us. And if our hearts are not right, you, you got to know the gifts will always be off. It will always be off. Hmm. When our hearts have an unrest, we cannot hear from the Father. Therefore, we must learn to mistrust our judgment when our hearts are bitter, when our hearts are angry, when our hearts are ambitious, when we're harboring strife for any amount of reason, we have to know our hearts are off. And the crazy part about it is that we still, the gift is gonna kick on, even when you're bitter. Even when you're mad, but in that moment when you're bitter, when you're mad, when you're angry, when you have no peace, you got to know what I'm seeing right now may not be what I'm actually seeing. It's off. The scripture tells us in Colossians 3 and 15 to that, let's see, the peace of Christ, to allow the peace of Christ to rule, act as an arb arbiter, in our hearts. It's supposed to be an umpire. It's supposed to have the final say. It's supposed to be our filter. Because if the peace of God is guarding our hearts and we're discerning everything comes through the heart, then we got to have peace too. There's no way to discern and say, okay, let's say, let's say um, I am loving, right? And I'm discerning, but I got, like I say, I'm, I'm angry and I'm bitter at a particular person. But I have love for other people, but I'm bitter against that person. Your discernment is off. Your discernment is off. It will be off because the Bible says that the peace of God, God, the peace of God guards our heart. And if you don't have the peace guarding it, then the discernment is off because it's a part of the ingredients of having a loving heart is peace. 
Now, to hear clearly from God, we must first, of course, have peace. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 4 and 6 that one handful of rest is better than two fists full of labor and striving after the wind. One handful of rest, he said, is better than two fists full of labor and striving after the wind. What was he saying? He was saying that there's too much labor and toiling in our minds, too much striving after the wind. If we want to discern, we must become aggressively calm. This is not what, like a people uh, would say, you know, kind of um, a passive state of mind. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is a focus, an expectation of waiting upon the Father that you feel the peace come in. So discernment comes from our sensitivity to Christ in the realm of the spirit. It comes from love as our motivating, motivation, peace in our hearts, and a poised and awaiting attitude of mind towards the Father through a life prepared by Abba. That is when the gift of discernment is revealed. I have this diagram for you, which will be the last thing that gives you kind of the ingredients in one. We have in the heart and the soul, the peace that guards the hearts because it's wicked and you need an arbitrator. The arbitrator is peace. And our perceptions, that's where the Holy Spirit reveals the Father's heart to our conscious mind. When it comes to having the mind of Christ, we take our perceptions through the mind of Christ. And then the last one is waiting on Abba in the secret place. Is This is where discernment is revealed. It's the environment. So let us stand. Let us be focused and sincere in our prayers. As we pray that Abba would Give us the true ingredients that we need in order to discern as we continue to grow in his grace. And as people come in here, that the gift that he's given us as the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of discernment of spirits and also discernment that we will use the gift properly, that we will not abuse it. We will not use it to criticize or unrighteously judge people but we will set it on the foundation of love so father we thank you right now that as your spirit has been with us in this place father we ask lord god that we will have the true ingredients father of the discernment that father we will bring you glory in the gift that you have given us with the gift of discernment of spirits father that we will use that gift father on the foundation of love that peace, Father, will guard our heart, Lord God, that we will rely on the truth of the Spirit, Father, and not our own intellect, Father, hallelujah, to judge anything, Father. 
Father, continue, Father, to show us, Lord God, what you're doing amongst us, Father. Help us to sharpen our gifts, Father, and our callings, Lord God, and what you have called us to, Father. We thank you right now, Father, that you're working, Lord God, hallelujah, in our hearts, you're working in our mind, Lord God, that the gift of discernment, Lord God, in this place, Father, hallelujah, would be the purest that you've ever seen, Lord God, in any church, Father. Father, let us set down our gift, Father, on your foundation.